Buenos dias, in the words of Samantha Jones from the Sex and the City movie, the first one, of course. Um, good morning, everyone. It is Friday morning, and a special, special good morning to all the Taylor Swift fans, the Swifties, the Swiffer, the Swiffer Dusters. Um, it is a big day for us all. I'm going to include myself in this because I'm a massive Taylor Swift fan, and I have been ever since her first album came out, um, I believe, in, in 2006. And I was in high school then. I was a... 2004, 2008, so no, I was, it could have been earlier than that, Taylor Swift, no, I don't know, I think it might have been earlier than 2006, but I, I'm seeing here online in 2006, anyways, Taylor Swift released her, um, her newest album today, well, yesterday, uh, Thursday evening for us West Coasters, West Coast is the best coast, um, called Lover, with 18 tracks, and, um, I just, I mean, in the words of her, fabulous song um you need to come down i need to come down we all need to come down because it is a damn good album and it's it's the it's aesthetic i really like and the vibe is very 80s almost it's certain tracks in it make me feel like especially the archer it's i was saying i was saying this to my girlfriend um a couple weeks ago when it first came out when she released it which was so generous of her i love you she's just such, so, such a generous woman um it, 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 it sounds as though because i just watched stranger things the third season Oh, right before I listened to the song through its entirety. And I was like, this is a song that belongs on the Stranger Things soundtrack. And it sort of belongs in that era. And I really like that she's sort of diverting from her country roots and then her pop roots. And, and, and has this new sort of aesthetic. Um, and I mean, iTunes it released a little review, um, which, I'll, which I'll get into. But first, I'm going to name uh, the title of the tracks. And again, the idol. The idol the, she is an idol. The, um, the album is called Lover. Uh, number one is I Forgot That You Existed, Phenomenal Song. Number two, Cruel Summer. Number three, Lover, which I'm going to talk about the video and maybe play that uh, in a bit. Number four, The Man. Number five, The Archer, which I love. Number six, I Think He Knows. Number seven, and my personal favorite is Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. I love the song. It gives me, um, oh my gosh, what is that song called? Out of the Woods Vibes, which is my favorite, favorite Taylor Swift song of all time. Um, and then Paper Rings, number eight. Number nine, Cornelia Street. Number 10, Death by a Thousand Cuts. Number 11, London Boy. Number 12, Soon You'll Get Better, featuring the Dixie Chicks. And I haven't heard that one yet, and I'm just going to wait to listen to a few of the other songs before I get into that one. Number 13, False God. Number 14, You Need to Calm Down, which <laughs> I need to calm down. I'm out of control. And number 15, Afterglow. Number 16, Me, which was her first music video and song single listed off of the new album. Uh, number 17, It's Nice to Have a Friend. And number 18, Daylight. And I love Daylight. Like, that's a great one too and i would listen because i'm that type of person and i'm sure many of us are like that too where when there's one particular song that we love we just we obsess over it and we listen to it to death and i mean the thing about taylor swift songs though is i personally believe that they just don't get old and i know i can think of a lot of songs very quickly like there is and the only other uh, song and sort of artist that i've never gotten sick of is nelly Furtado because man eater stands the test of time that is my favorite song ever okay uh, Taylor Swift discography, American singer-songwriter T. Swift has released seven studio albums, five extended plays, one live album, one compilation album, four video albums, 52 singles, 16 promotional singles, and 44 music videos, uh, with an estimated sales of over 50 million albums and 150 million singles worldwide. Damn, girl is successful. Okay, I'm going to read the uh, studio albums. Number one, Taylor Swift, it was called Taylor Swift, released October 24th, 2006. Then Fearless. November 11th, 2008, my, I was a freshman in college then. Number three, Speak Now, October 25th, 2010. Um, Red, which was a fucking, excuse me, was, was a phenomenal album, my favorite. Uh, October 22nd, 2012, 1989. Um, 
uh, October 27, 2014, which is second favorite. Reputation, November 10th, 2017. And Lover, August 23rd, uh, 2019. Um, but off of the Taylor Swift album, which was her... Oh my gosh, I'm going to cry looking at her. October 24th, 2006, that's right. Um... My favorite song from that particular album was, of course, Teardrops on My Guitar. Um, and then, of course, uh, what was the other song called that was so phenomenal on that, on that album? Um, oh my gosh, was it not that album? Romeo, save me, na 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 What album was that? I'm so sorry. Oh! Oh my gosh, you guys are probably thinking that I'm crazy, and I'm literally losing my mind. I don't know why I am not getting this. And that must have been on the Fearless album? Sorry. I'm 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 on I'm looking right now. Hold on one sec. <gasps> Romeo Leave Me. Oh, Love Story. Oh my gosh, Love Story. Oh, that was her second album. I don't understand though, because how was that released in 2008? Because I was a freshman in college in November 2008. Oh, 2007, 2008. Okay, it was recorded. Oh, okay. Sorry. Anyways, to divert from the bath. Um, uh, loves love story is my f- such a good video, and it's she's so she's angelic, and it's like a Romeo and Juliet esque type, uh, you know, type of moment, um, which I which I love, and you know, I respect. So, anyways, there was a few articles that I pulled up that I want to read to you, um, and the first one is what Rolling Stone wrote. Um, and that is Taylor Swift reaches for new heights of personal and musical liberation on Lover. And by the way, I'm going to go into the fact that she had made a very um, bold statement today. Um, I believe it was on GMA talking about her masters and that I believe in 2020 she has the ability and she might. I don't know if she confirmed this or not, but she has the ability to go and re-record all of her masters of her past five albums. And I think, and I know a lot of people have said this, if she goes and re-records everything, that'll be out of control. That'll be so exciting. Because, I mean, the, the, the sort of the tone of the culture is different. And if, all I want her to do is re-record Love Story in like a poppy sort of upbeat version of it. And I think there was two versions of it released. And Out of the Woods, the version that she performs at her concerts is unbelievable. The one that she did at the Grammys, that's that's how she should, you know, sort of remaster it, I believe is the right word. Um, but I love it. Um, but anyways, here we go. Taylor Swift reaches for new heights of, her per- of personal and musical liberation and lover. This is from Rolling Stone, written by Nick Catucci. Um, and it was released August 23rd. <clears throat> by the time, uh, quote, <clears throat> Excuse me. By the time it's nice to have a friend arrives on Lover, her seventh and most epic album, Taylor Swift, has entered uncharted territory. For one thing, it's the seventeenth song here, and none of her previous albums have run more than sixteen tracks. Oh, that's really that's a really interesting fact. Lover actually contains eighteen. More importantly, it's not about being sixteen or twenty-two or even her not significant current age, twenty-nine. It's about being six or seven and walking home from school in the snow. Lost my gloves. You give me one. Want to hang out? Sounds like fun. There's no beat, no banjo, no metaphors or coded messages. There is, instead, deconstructed steel, drum horn, and cooing voices. Animal Collective, also as interpreted by hip-hop savvy pop producers of the moment, Louis Bell and Frank Dudes, Dukes, the song's co-writers. Um, it's like the end of 2001, A Space Odyssey, where a long, turbulent journey through outer and naturally inner uh, space cultivates, cul- culminates in sudden appearance of a planet-sized fetus for two and a half minutes. Swift regresses past all drama and heartache she's cataloged since her teen years to curl up in a weird little pocket of beauty. I totally agree. I love that song. This is why I'm reading this article to you, because when I read it, I thought it was very poignant. and It was very, I believe, I don't know, I guess progressive and sort of... Uh, 
it was a it was a it was sort of a perfect marriage of sort of what I was thinking about my personal viewpoints of this new album, Lover, Lover, Lover. Um, Swift has always been vulnerable, of course, and just as uh, and just as obviously, the vulnerability has been her strength. Female pop stars since Madonna have been expected to constantly reinvent themselves, lest it seem like they're aging, an impossible standard that vexed Swift contemporaries like Lady Gaga and Katy Perry. And sharing her actual feelings about relationships chronicled by the tabloids and parrying the entire internet's judgments of those feelings, Swift helped open up a space for Ariana Grande to directly address Sean, Pete, and Malcolm on Thank You Next, to name one glorious example. That is a great metaphor. That's not something I wanted to use because I thought that was a great example. And this person is clearly in tune with the times and the culture. Um, I love Thank You Next. Um, When Swift went pop... That wasn't too much of a trans- that wasn't so much of a transformation as an annexion of new territory. Grande might have picked up something here too with her triumphant embrace of hip hop um, style surprise drops. If Ariana, Billy, Hazley, and others seem so effortlessly themselves, effortlessly step effortless. Ooh, that's a tongue twister. If Ariana, Billy, Hazley, and others seem so effortlessly themselves, it's in part because Swift worked so hard at speaking her truth and smiting her enemies. Very true. Lover is fittingly evolutionary rather than revolutionary, but nevertheless, it feels like an epiphany, free and unhurried, governed by no one, uh, by governed by no one concept or outlook. It represents Swift at her most liberated, enjoying a bit of freedom. She won. For her cohort, made mainly in collaboration with Jack Antonoff, female songwriter um, Ali Nonperl, the album's dominant sound is sleekly updated. Eighties pop rock. That I told you, you guys, before I even got into this, I, it was eighties. It's like such an eighties aesthetic and vibe, and I love that because I think I mean she was born in nineteen eighty nine, which is when I was born too. So I got one year in the eighties, but I love that era. You know, Madonna, Hocus Pocus. Um, what else is the 80s? Oh, I don't know, but I just love the 80s. And sometimes I wish, I always tell myself that I was born in the wrong era. I certainly wish, I I, I never wish I was born earlier. I kind of wish I was born in like 2080 because I, I want to be born when the Jetsons are, you know, doing their thing because that's sort of my, you know, kind of world. Anyways, I digress. Back to, back to this article by Rolling Stone. Um... In a, bonus ma- in a bonus making of track destined for a target edition of the album, Swift tells Antonoff she wants a dreamy guitar throwback, but not a camp throwback. Sound for title track, that's pretty much the vibe. Think recent Carly Rae Jepsen if she made actual hits. Oh, that's kind of shady. I think Carly Rae Jepsen still makes hits, and her recent song very, very much sort of was, um, you know, poppy and a hit. It was a, it was a bop, as they say. Um... Swift loads paper rings up with one, two, three, four, hey ho, and a key change for a jittery bit of cars means any money meets go go delight. On the terrific cruel summer, it's my favorite one, written with Antonov and Annie Clark, aka St. Vincent, she tells a simple tale of a tortured love under a tree, minutes of pure pleasure, with what sounds like a smattering of talk box when she sings out of the window. Um, I'm always waiting for you to be waiting below. There's no question you're opposed to picture John Cusack and say anything. Swift adjusts her frame of reference as needed. She claims to be, quote, in my feelings more than Drake and I forgot you existed. A pro forma post-trope house declaration of her indifference to the haters. Thankfully, that's mainly it for the sassy winking Swift. Instead, she mostly goes for the big moods. False God as is as minor key and seductive as anything by the weekend, but the chorus, well, I'll just leave it here. Quote, religion's on your lips. Even if it's a false god, we still worship. We must just get away with it. The altar is my hips. Ooh, she zags an oblique political commentary with Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince, my favorite song I've mentioned before. A high school parable um, where she sees, quote, high fives between bad guys and delivers okay interjections in her best cheerleader voice, like Euphoria, the HBO, ooh, like the HBO 
Teen Explosion Extravaganza. It's dark, melodramatic, and against all odds, perfect. Yeah, I mean, that's literally why I wanted to read this article, was just to talk about that. Okay, here's the last paragraph. Thanks for hanging in, you guys. Um, there's plenty more fodder for the Swifties, haters, and bloggers here. Leo takes Leo takes a proverbial volleyball to the face on the man, a usefully blunt indictment of double standards, and the dub-inflected London boy counts all the way she fancies her boyfriend, Joe Alwyn. Oh, that's her boyfriend's name. Oh, that's right. He's, he's British. Hello. Hello, governor. Um, she knew get better was recorded with the Dixie Chicks, but given the country radio exiles, a feature isn't the point. The song is note perfect ballad for Swift's mother, whose cancer returned earlier this year. Whatever there is to be read into the songs, they are for one person and one person alone, Taylor Swift. Finally. Yeah, um, you know, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sort of create a metaphor of this. I was, um, watching a Lisa Kudrow interview, and I know actually kind of makes sense because Lisa and Taylor are tied because Lisa has performed Smelly Cat with Taylor on tour, which is freaking amazing. Um, I had heard that the metaphor, this is sort of my metaphor, sort of whatever. Someone was asking Lisa Kudrow why Friends stands the test of time and like why the comeback, for example, is sort of a cultural or time sensitive with her humor. And what Lisa said was, or I think what the interviewer said was, it was a Vox interview, I think? It was on YouTube. He said that, you know, Friends, the humor came out of, and the writing came out of the characters. It's, that's what was the humor of the show. It comes out of the individuals versus the current climate. I mean, there were some polit- um, references of the times and stuff, but I'd say 98% of the jokes from Friends came out of the characters. And this, this is what this album felt like with Taylor Swift. The songs came organically out of her versus... You know, she, as the article said so beautifully, the Rolling Stone article, um, that some of the some of the tracks were, you know, little little tidbits of jabs and whatever, whatnot. You know, she does her thing. I mean, I think all artists sort of have innuendos, but um, this is just you know her, and and it's a great one. And you know what? I actually, I watched the music video um, for uh, "You Need to Calm Down" before this because I was literally weaving because I love Katy Perry so much. And this sort of gave me Katy Perry vibes, too. And it's like all these artists that sort of look up to each other and sort of, you know, are inspired by one another. I love that, too. And that's why I think Katy Perry, I'm sure Katy Perry has an album coming out. And I think Lady Gaga, too, should have a, a fabulous album come out because The Fame Monster is the greatest album, I think, of all time, aside from The Beatles. Um, it's just pure genius. It's pure genius. That's me snapping, too. But you're taking shots at me like it's Patron And I'm just like, damn It's 7 a.m. Yes! Say it in the street, that's a knockout But you say it in a tweet, that's a cop-out And I'm just like, hey Are you okay? <laughs> Her face in that video is prime I ain't trying to mess with your self-expression But I've learned a lesson that's stressing And obsessing about somebody else is no fun I really do need to calm down because I literally, I bought this the second it was available. I screamed. I was so excited typing my password to iTunes while face scan because my iPhone does face scan. Um, but anyways, I, I love it. And 
the Miss Americana, The Heartbreak Prince. It's such a good song, and I hope it becomes such a hit, just like Out of the Woods. And I'm going to play, I'm going to end this episode with Out of the Woods. But for now, I'm going to get back. I have two more articles I want to read with you. And this is a really interesting article that I read. Um, Pink apparently read, read Kanye the Riot Act after his Taylor Swift interruption at the 2009 VMAs. This is, this is on some article called AV Club. I don't know what it's about. But um, it was it's written by somebody named William Hughes. Shout out to William Hughes. Uh, yesterday at 9.35 p.m. Um, and I'm just going to read this. So again, Pink apparently read Kanye the Riot Act after his Taylor Swift interruption of the 2009 Grammys. Do you guys remember that? First of all, that was an amazing Grammys because the promos for that Grammys were like West Side Story based. Um, and Taylor Swift was Maria tonight tonight and she did it no teardrops on my guitar it was so good and Katy perry was anita and russell brand was the host and lady gaga had the unbelievable unforgettable iconic performance of telephone or paparazzi where she was literally like hanging by her arm bleeding it was so good okay anyways the article for better or worse kanye west interruption of taylor swift 2009 vmas has become a tone setting snapshot of the last decade of pop culture not to mention it parallels to modern social media enough so in fact, that Billboard ran an oral story of the critical I'ma-let-you-finish moment this week. Oh my gosh. Should I read that? Largely, anyways, largely constructed from the recollections of the MTV employees who were both delighted and a little horrified, but mostly delighted when Wes' enthusiasm for Beyonce and or the sound of his own voice caused him to barge onto the stage and interrupt Swift's acceptance speech for Best Female Video that year. And then do you remember Beyonce was such a class act and once she won Best Video of the Year or Best Something, I think Best Song or whatever, she let Taylor Swift come out. Beyonce is a class act. Um, but everybody knows that because it's Beyonce. She's the queen bee. And I'm sure she's probably buying Taylor Swift's album right now, sending her a little text message, sending love, because I feel like Beyonce is that kind of person in my head. That's what I envision. The piece, um, back to the article. The piece tracks the opening moments of that night, of the night, including the steadily lowering volume of the bottle of Hennessy West was uncharacteristically carrying on the red carpet. Oh my gosh, remember that? And he was with Amber Rose. The actual incident to the aftermath when Swift was forced to perform a highly choreographer performance on the streets of New York roughly 20 minutes after getting knocked off equ- her equilibrium by Wes Rush to the stage. In the years that followed, the uh, sensible debacle has actually been a benefit for pretty much everybody involved. MTV got ratings and a new burst of social media credibility while West, Beyonce, and Swift all looked good or entertain- entertainingly bad for the way they handled themselves. One person who apparently did not get enough credit, though, was Pink, who apparently... One of the unsung, was one of the young, hung, unsung heroes of the chaotic night, reading West the riot act for his decision to rob Swift of her moment just so he could ramble the crowd. Here's the former MTV News correspondent James Montgomery describing those key moments. The crowd um, in Radio City just turned on Kanye. People were booing and hissing. During the commercial break, he went back down to a seat and Pink walked up to him and got in his face. I wasn't close, close enough to hear the conversation, but she was pointing in his face, nodding her head back and forth and giving him her two cents about how effed up this was and stormed off. Then he was sitting next to Amber Rose with his arm around her and you could feel everyone in Radio City glaring at his back. Then Pink tweeted, oh my gosh, September 13th, 2009. I remember exactly where I was. I was in Rhode Island. I had just moved in with my friend Burke in Narragansett, Rhode Island. I was my friend Julia and Bridget's house because they lived down the street from where I, I lived. There were two girls who were in my theater department with me. Um, and we were watching the VMAs. And I, I, literally, I can remember this like it was yesterday. 
way. Oh, my God. I was literally such a pop. This is why literally my podcast is called The Mistress of Pop Mistress of Pop Culture because I literally love pop culture so much. It feeds me. It's like blood. Um, okay, Pink tweeted on September 13, 2009 at 6.31 p.m. I can't believe this is green grab. Kanye West is the biggest POS on earth. Quote me. The whole oral history is worth a read, especially in light um, of the way it informs MTV and the other network's attempts to find its sort of zeitgeist-grabbing moment once again as social media has evolved and deformed. But here's to Pink, who said a whole bunch of folks were thinking who said what a whole bunch of folks were thinking in the heat of the iconic moment. Um, I'm not going to read the article to you because it's so long, but I remember that like it was yesterday, and it was, it was a moment. It was, it was a moment in pop culture, and... Um, uh, sorry if you hear a little clicking on my computer. I'm glad Pink said something, because what Kanye did was really shitty, but to rebuttal Kanye for his rebuttal, he did go on Ellen, I think, a year or two later, saying he completely went away, he, he realized what he did... And um, and then there was a moment where Taylor and Kanye were good. I don't want to get into it, but you guys know what happens in the you know the Snapchat videos and Taylor Swift's Reputation album, where she was like, "Ooh, and snakes! Oh, I love reptiles." Um, okay. And then I'm not going to read the whole article, but as I mentioned before, uh, NPR. I'm reading an NPR title. Look what they made her do, Taylor Swift, to re-record her catalog. Um, I'm trying to find the quote. Okay, she reasserted her plans in a live interview Thursday on ABC's Good Morning America shortly before um, her performance. Interviewer Robin Roberts pointed out that Lover has sold almost a million copies in pre-sale, which means it's very likely to go platinum upon release. I, I believe so too, rightly so. Swift added, quote, One thing that's really special to me is it's the first one that I will own. Roberts followed up by asking Swift about her plans to record her earlier material. Taylor Swift answered, yeah, and it's something that I'm very excited about doing because my contract says that starting November 2020, so next year, I can record albums one through five all over again. I'm very excited about it. I think artists deserve their own, their own work, and I just feel very passionately about that. There you go, honey. Um, oh, my gosh. And then in later on in the article, there's a... <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is what, oh my gosh, do you remember when this whole Scooter Braun Taylor Swift, I have an episode about that a couple weeks ago, or a couple months ago in my, um, uh, my show, just scroll back, it's Taylor Swift and Scooter Braun, talked about the whole thing, covered it, if you want to replay it, go ahead, we'd love that. Um, Kelly Clarkson tweeted, during that whole thing, at Taylor Swift, just a thought, you should go in and re-record all the songs that you don't know on the Masters on exactly how you did them. Put brand new art and some kind of incentive so fans will no longer buy the old versions. I buy all the new versions just to prove a point. Yes, Kelly. Yes, I love Kelly. I love artists supporting artists, but I love Kelly Clarkson because a moment in time and from Justin to Kelly. That's one of my favorite movies ever. I know from Justin and Kelly got really bad reviews, and this episode isn't about Kelly Clarkson. But you know what? Thinking about it, I'm going to do a whole episode about Kelly Clarkson, or maybe from Justin to Kelly. Because that's literally one of my favorite movies ever, even though nobody liked it, but I loved it. Um, because she was the uh, she was the uh, um, presidential number one. Um, George Washington of American Idol. She was number one. Um, okay. And to close up this episode, and then I'm going to play Out of the Woods for you. Well, you know, I don't know. Would, I, I think I might play Lover. But Out of the Woods is like my favorite song of all songs of T-Swift's. But um, by the way, I'm just, before I read this last article, I'm looking at iTunes here. And this all, okay, here I'm going to read you the titles of all of her albums. Okay. Lover, 1989, Red, Speak Now. Taylor Swift bonus track version, Reputation, Fearless, the Taylor Swift holiday collection, Today Was a Fairy Tale, which is a single, iTunes Live from Soho, Speak Now, 1989 Deluxe, Red, Deluxe, Speak Now, Deluxe, Red CMA Awards, Taylor Swift Karaoke, Taylor Swift Karaoke, Fifty Shades Darker, she was on The Hunger Games, uh, she did a remix, she did You Need to Calm Down, she was on Hannah Montana, she's uh, uh, Delicate, 
She's on now 57, 62, 55, 56, 58, 65, 67. Oh, now Workout. Um, Love Story is a single. There she's on the Grammy albums. Holy, one, two, three, four, five, six. You know, I, I can't do math, but there's like a million lines here with six albums each. Um, so good for you, T, T Swift. Okay. Uh, to close out this episode, this is from E. Taylor Swift's lover album lyrics decoded paper rings, church bells, and the London boy. This is written on Thursday, August 22nd by Jess Cohen. Hey, Jess, hey. Attention, Swifties. Taylor Swift just dropped her highly anticipated new album, Lover. Uh, the Grammy winner's seventh studio album released at midnight is comprised of 18 songs, including previously released tracks, Me and You Need to Calm Down, as well as The Archer and the title lover, title track, Lover. Uh, now that the album is out, excuse me, Taylor Swift fans like us, of course, like me too, as I mentioned before, are combing through the powerful lyrics for messages from the singer Swift even name check stars like Drake, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Stella McCartney in her new tracks. Overall, it seems as though many of Swift's new tracks are dedicated to her relationship with her longtime love, Joe Alwyn. Swift's song Lover even sparked engagement rumors over her lyrics, which reference a wedding tradition. Quote, my heart's been borrowed and yours has been blue. Swift sings on the track, quote, all's well that ends well, end up with you. Um, in her cover story for Vogue September issue, Swift opened up about her new album, uh, and the theme of love. Okay, I guess the theme was love. I thought the theme was 80s, but you know what? It's love. That makes sense, too. There are so many ways in which this album feels... This is a quote. There are so many ways in which this album feels like a new beginning, the 29-year-old star explained. This album is a really... This album is a really love letter to love. Oh. In all its maddening, passionate, exciting, enchanting, horrific, tragic, wonderful glory. Let's take a look um at the standout lyrics from t swift's new album lover number one i forgot that you existed in this track swift sings about a betrayal a past love who did her wrong quote how many days did i spend thinking about how you did me wrong 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 t swift sings uh lived in the shade you were throwing till all my sunshine was gone 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 um and i couldn't get away from you my feelings then drake so yeah the lyrics continue your name on my lips tongue tea tied free rent living in my mind okay then cruel summer I'm just, oh, okay, there's, there's, there's too many lyrics here. Sorry, I'm looking at all the amazing photos. She looks so good on GMA. She's a very beautiful woman. I don't, I mean, she's a girl, but she's a woman now, and she's fabulous legs, and, oh, she's so pretty and has perfect skin. London boy, you need to calm down, false god, which people rumor is about Kanye, because, you know, he is a church, but I love Kanye, so I'm not throwing him shade. I'm a huge fan of Kanye. Daylight. Yeah, so, you know what? I'm not going to read into the lyrics because, you know what? The audi- we, the readers, the audience, I know Katy Perry likes... Uh, Katy Perry. I know Taylor Swift likes to drop uh, Easter eggs, but it ain't Easter, so I'm not going to go looking for the eggs. Um, but anyways, you know, I am uh, really happy for Taylor. I think this is going to be a very successful album. All of her stuff is great. Again, the album is called Lover. It's on iTunes, and the tracks are Forgot That You Existed, Cool Summer, Lover, The Man, The Archer. I think he knows Miss Americana, The Heartbreak Prince, my personal favorite. Pippa Rings, Cornelia Street, Death by a Thousand Cuts, London Boys, You'll Get Better, featuring the Dixie Chicks, False God, You Need to Calm Down, Afterglow, Me, uh, featuring Brian Urie of Panic of the Disco, It's Nice to Have a Friend, and Daylight, 18 songs, all, all fantastic. Um, you know, there's a really, I'm going to read this, I'm going to read this iTunes review too. It's a really nice review. There's a reason Taylor Swift sounds so confident and cool on Lover, her seventh album and the most free-spirited yet. She's in love, pure, steady, starry-eyed, shouted out from the rooftops, love, arriving 13 years after her eponymous debut album. Oh my gosh, she's 
she's been she's literally like been my life half my life um following a string of songs that sometimes felt like battle scars from public breakups and celebrity feuds this project comes off of this project comes off clear-eyed thick-skinned and grown up it may be a sign that the 29 year old has entered a new phase of her life um, she's now impressively private. She and her long-term boyfriend are rarely seen together in public. Politically fired up, this album finds her fighting for queer and women's rights. Yes, honey, yes. And eager to see the big picture. Fans have speculated that the gut-wrenching Soon You'll Get Better is about her mother's battles with cancer. As a result, she never sounded stronger or more in control. She calls out dark-age bigots uh, on the Pride anthem, You Need to Calm Down, which is the video I think is outstanding, sends up... Uh, sends up the patriarchy on the man and uh, perfects flippant indifference on I forgot that you existed and dares to sing her own praises on me, a duet with Brian Urie of Panic the Disco. Tonally, these songs couldn't be more different than 2017's vengeful and self-conscious reputation. Most of the album is baked in the atmospheric synths uh, an 80s drums favored by collaborator Jack Antoff, the Archer lover. Um, and yet some of the most best and some of the best moments are also the most surprising. It's nice to have a friend, a daydreamy and delicate, illuminated and laid-back, strumming, twinkling trumpet. Ooh, that's nice. Hyperbole. And high-pitch ooh-ooh-ohs. And the percussive percussive oh, I don't know what that says. Uh, playful, I think he knows, is a roller coaster of a song spiking and dipping from chatty whispers to breathy shout singing in a matter of seconds that's a great review and i think no truer words are said um so anyways to close out uh this this episode um of taylor swift lover by her by her song uh by her album or her songs that you love either or um it's a phenomenal phenomenal album and um i'm just so i'm stoked that she's back and uh you know more to come and Artists are always evolving, and this just seems like an evolution of her, you know, sort of, of of her life experience and where she is in her life. So Taylor Swift, I I I applaud you. I love you. I've been a fan of you ever since your first album, and I will always continue to be a fan. All right, everybody. I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you so much. I did six episodes this week. This is really exciting. I was there was a lot going on, and um, I'm really happy that there was. But anyways, have a great weekend. Listen to Lover. Go to the beach. Uh, or, or you know, summer's coming to an end soon. Not yet though. Um, and just you know. Enjoy. Enjoy the rest of the uh, weekend. And thank you all um, for listening to my podcast, The Mysterious Pop Culture. Uh, I'm very grateful.
Oh, oh. 